Hello and welcome along to episode 129 of Tommy G Talks. Once again, I'm here in the Tide 55 office. I'm joined by Kendall, who's going to be walking through some questions today. And I'm also here with Charlie, who's going to be filming the podcast for those of you that like to watch the videos. Now, in today's episode, uh, I think we're going to be talking, if I'm right, about entrepreneurship. And I'll say it, because I know it's a tricky word, entrepreneurship. We're going to be talking about that. I'm very excited about that. I've got a lot of things I want to share about it. So I'll be trusting your questions. We'll be going along with whatever it is you've got to ask. And we're also going to talk, I think, about book recommendations as well. What else have we got? Tips to your younger self. Tips to your younger self. Always enjoy that too. So I'd love to know who you are, where you're at in the world listening to this podcast today. This is episode 129. And if you're listening now, do give me a little bit of a nudge on Instagram at Tommy Gentleman, all one word. I would love to know more about you. Until you do that, I hope you enjoy this episode. We're going to get stuck into it now. So hang on tight, make yourself comfortable, whatever it is you're doing in the world, wherever you are right now, enjoy what we have to share with you and let us know what you think. Cheers. Let's get in. Tommy G Talks, episode 129. We're going to go straight into the questions. Kendall, what have you got? Okay, so we've got three questions that someone on your Instagram sent you a while ago. Yes, a while ago. Yeah. Before we started doing these episodes again, mm. didn't quite feel like right time, did it, to answer no. them then, but now I think it is the right time. Yeah, I think so. We'll It'll be helpful. Because <laughs> they're based around what? You. Well, <laughs> I suppose it's called Tommy G Talks. I mean, come on, I'm a pretty big deal around here. But no, seriously, what is it, what is the subject kind of um, based on? Well, I guess about being an entrepreneur. I just wanted you to say that. Yeah, no, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to. Um, and then it is kind of you and books. Yeah, okay. So it's going to be helpful for anybody that's um, thinks they've got you know a bit of an entrepreneurial mind. That's the word I was thinking of. Yeah. What that? mind? <laughs> bit of an entrepreneurial mind um, likes to develop professionally and personally. Wants to become uh, the best professional. Um, and personal person that they could possibly be. Personal person. Pow. All right, let's go. <laughs> All right, before we do the first one, I want you to just define briefly. You're going to say the word again. <laughs> what would you define being an entrepreneur as? An entrepreneur, I think, right now in my life, as a 33-year-old, having had a go at a couple of different things, some worked, some didn't, I now think an entrepreneur is somebody who, on one hand, you can wake up on a Monday and call yourself an entrepreneur um, without doing any anything. You can do that. You can call yourself one. Uh, on the other hand, you can be in business for 40 or 50 years and be a thorough, like, thoroughbred, real um, track record entrepreneur, but still not think you are one. So I think it's self... It, we give it to ourselves. We give ourselves those titles which is dangerous and it's exciting at the same time so I think now an entrepreneur for me is uh is someone who's had at least one go at something and then is now on is, is had has had at least one go at running a business or a business venture and is on to their at least their second one the scale of it I don't think is important I think it's just you've got to be able to have a go at something and then either it worked really well and you exited or it didn't work and you exited but either way I think then you understand a little bit more about what it takes to be one. Um, it's kind of a little bit like we used an example about singing, but let's take, um, we've just had the Euros, let's take you know football as an example. All those guys in the England team, arguably they are the best footballers in the country. Now, 
I can call myself a footballer because I like to play football and got a pretty good right foot, I can pass the ball, I can tackle and header. But for me to be the best at football, I have to be proven against the game itself and I have to earn that position through practicing and competing. And I think entrepreneurship is the same in the sense it's easy to say you do it, but it's hard to be good at it. You have to actually test yourself, which is why I think the second time around is for me the one that I'd go, okay, cool, Like you know a little bit about the game itself. You know a little bit about the landscape. You've you've got your feet muddy. You know, you've, you've felt it a bit. Because it is far too easy to wake up on a Monday and go, I'm an entrepreneur. Why? Because I do Forex. You know, or, you know, I do how-to videos. It's not the same. Okay? And no disrespect to anyone that is hustling doing that sort of thing. But I think there is a difference between an entrepreneurial mind and being into something different and new and trying to get it started. And then there's also this other area of like, you know, I think about my dad. He's self-employed. He has been for many years. He wouldn't call himself an entrepreneur, though. He's self-employed. With HMRC, he's down as a self-employed business. That's also different, I think, to being an entrepreneur. I think a lot of people forget the term self-employed and they navigate straight to entrepreneur when really what they're trying to say is they're self-employed. They work for themselves. Of course, you have to be a little bit entrepreneurial as a self-employed person. But I think an entrepreneur is someone who can jump into the cockpit of a business or start one and give it their best shot at navigating through the ups and downs, the lefts and rights, twists and turns, and then jump into another cockpit and do the same. That's what makes an entrepreneur, in my opinion. So do you think it's more the mindset rather than what they're actually doing? It's a combination of both, because they the mindset... Some Again, some great entrepreneurs I know, I met with one last week who I look up to massively, he wouldn't class himself as an entrepreneur at all, but he is. So he has the mindset... He has the entrepreneurial tendencies and the entrepreneurial mindset because he wouldn't have achieved what he's achieved if he didn't have that. No way. But we're just calling it that. He's not calling it that. So from the inside, the, the mind is important. But from the outside, that external factors is you have to be good. Like with football, to be the best, you've got to be able to be better than your opposition. You've got to hold your position on the team. You know, I don't need to patronise. Everyone knows how sport works. You have to be good. And so the ability is important, otherwise you might be kidding yourself, you might be better off getting a high management position in a company, being a great assistant, being a great number two, being a great team leader, or being part of a small operation where there's somebody else who makes the decisions on the business level and you're more of a strategy and and objectives person, you know, so but we shouldn't see that's failure either. I think everybody has their natural ability. I heard something the other day. It's not what we're born with, but it's how we use it. So if you have an entrepreneurial mind, you think you do, go and test it and see what you can do. Um, there's more to it than just giving it a go. Obviously, we're not going to talk about the ins and outs of it. At a high level, if you think you've got the mind, you don't know until you try. Otherwise, you're just a dreamer. You're just wishing you're just talking you don't want to be that guy or that girl when you're 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 even that says what they could have done i could have done this and it's the same again with football like you know i used to play with some guys a bit older than me so oh, you know i could have played a decent level but you didn't did you mate because you never tried 
you never tested yourself. Yeah. And while we're at it, I took that on board with football when I love football and I gave it a go. Um, and I know my cap, I know where my limit is, my ceiling in terms of that particular skill. And if we look at it like that, business is also a skill set and you have to be able to know what you're capable of. The only way to do that is to get in there and have a look and see what it's about. Mm. It's quite a detailed answer, but mm. I think these days it's far too easy to just sort of... Yeah. My mum used to say to me, oh, you're not, you know, entrepreneur, he's an entrepreneur. And their generation, my mum's generation, sees that word slightly differently. I think now it would be interesting to talk to like maybe younger generation about it. But I think it's fashionable, it's, which is good because it will drive innovation, but it's not um, something that's an entitlement. No. Every kid wants to grow up being a footballer. They don't all make it, but we accept that because it's a sport. I think we need to look at business in the same way. I still don't know if I'm any good. <laughs> I'm waiting to find out. <laughs> Well, um, the first question is, what motivates you to become an entrepreneur? Nothing. That's a what. More a who. Um, a series of people who believed in me. In small, tiny moments where we connected, where they didn't have to say what they said, but they did. And in those moments that installed a little bit of self-belief that maybe I could amount to something, maybe I could achieve something grand and great and the standout event and I've I've thanked him for this personally by the way so very important the listener that you know that it's how I like to do things I have actually reached out a few years ago and found this guy but I had a psychology tutor um when I was in college so I would have been 17 I was quite a head down kind of guy and you know I was fun and I liked my sport and everything but I was quite timid I guess I didn't really get involved too much um, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do with life, my life. I thought I wanted to be an estate agent. That's what I thought I wanted to do. I hadn't quite caught the fitness bug yet in terms of like the professional element of it. And uh, one day after the lecture, psychology lecture, um, I helped him carry his books back to his office. And I didn't think anything of it, you know, just help him out, kill some time, whatever. And... Uh, I walked off down the corridor and I just heard him say, Tommy. And I looked back. He didn't look at me. He was locking his office door at the time. He didn't, didn't look at me at all. He was looking straight at the door. He just said to me, when you're a millionaire, look me up and come and give me a job. Just let me cut the grass or something. And I just remember thinking, it was the way he said it. It wasn't a joke. He didn't say it as a joke. He said it like he really believed it, and it was a different tone than... He was usually very funny, humorous, kind of... He just dead serious. He was dead serious. And I didn't question him, quiz him on it. I just looked at him. He still didn't look at me. And I just turned around and sort of walked off. My confidence wasn't great at that age. And I just thought to myself, you know, as I walked past the vending machine where I used to religiously eat um, Twix and uh, salt and vinegar hula hoops washed down with a can of uh, high concentrated juice and thought, maybe I can, maybe I can. And, and it wasn't about being a millionaire and it still isn't. It's just that, that somebody actually thought I could do it. 
And that's a task that you would consider to be extremely difficult and not many people would achieve. And he could have said to me, when you're a professional footballer, you know, but that wouldn't have connected with me. That connected with me and I thought to myself, that person, that man, you know, that teacher, that, that lecturer and person of authority in my life thinks I can achieve something. And it installed a lot of belief in me that just kept bubbling away and then somebody else said something and somebody else and all of a sudden you're like become it so the advice I would give to the listener is two way advice here receiving and giving first let's go with giving speak your mind to people and and let them know if you think they're good at something tell them because it can really help get the journey of belief started it can ignite self-belief in somebody to just say something like that just drop a little, you know, when you do this, let me know. Or, you know, you're really good at that. So that's the first thing. And then on the receiving side, when somebody does say something like that, just sit on it curiously. Because if someone's taking the time, we all know how hard it is to give people compliments sometimes, especially when it might be a more emotive thing. But when somebody gives you one, just let it sink in. We're too dismissive. We just dismiss things very easily and quickly. But let it sink in because you never know a little seed might just land in some soil and grow into something quite exciting. Um, so Matt Tofield, his name is, he lives in France now, I believe, in a chalet, good for him. Um, but thank you again, because that did make a big difference to me. What's next? I'm going to give him a job. I'll look him up. He's probably all right. He's in south of France. He's in life. We don't need to worry. Well, then I'll cut his grass. Yeah. <laughs> the next question is, what are the top five tips that you would give your younger self? Top five? Top five, that's amazing. amazing. Top amazing. <laughs> well, let's, let's see. I mean, first of all, I would say ask more questions. I asked a lot of questions as a, a young lad, but then as I got through teen to teenage years, I stopped. You're just sort of protecting that space. I don't think you want to, you sort of hide, rather just get through the day and not not sort of poke the bee's nest or whatever and just go with the rhythm of the day. Um, so ask more questions if you want. I think second would be to um, go, with, go with what you feel creative about. So whatever your creative energy pulls you towards, just go with it. It doesn't matter if and nobody else has done it before. Do it, because someone has to be the first one, right? Um, read more would be number three. Um, number four would be to... It's a really difficult one to say or, or to even think about, but... Just to, it's really, you can't gather it when you're that age or when you're any age. Like I'm probably, we're all that now, whatever age you are now, listening to this and us here, 10 years time, we'll think, fuck, I wish we did that back then. But it's just to really understand the power of the moment and not take anything for granted. Because the moment is always here, it's here right now, but it's just different every time. And it will never be the same. This moment will never be the same. Whatever you're doing right now will never happen again in the same way. You'll never be in this space ever again. And so in the most special moments of your younger life, I guess it would be useful to know that. However, point number five would be to do nothing else that was different at all. Because I'm 
stoked at where I am now. I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't change anything. You know, not even the hardest things. Not even the most terrible things because who knows what else would have happened. How, how different that would have been. And to give context, because I think it's important. You know, people that have passed away. You know, my brother passed away. Um, I was uh, 20. He was nearly 14. I can't change it. So there's no point in even contemplating, oh, yeah, well, that would be good if that, wasn't, if that didn't happen. I can't change it, so there's no point in contemplating it. But also I wouldn't want to change it because let's say it didn't happen and the next day we were both out um, out in the street and we both got hit by a bus. Then my parents would have lost both their children. It could have been a lot worse. It's always possible that it could be worse. It's always possible that it could be worse. And as hard as that is to get your head around, it's true. It's true. And things that you can't change, it's just useful to look at it like that. Because it helps. It helps you to understand that actually everything's just as it should be. And that's difficult to hear if you're struggling. If you're listening to this and you're going through a hard time because it's, it's actually true. Everything is just as it should be. If you're faced with a problem, there's actually progress hidden inside that problem once you're able to find it. So I'll leave you on that bit. So let's... <laughs> Go back to point three. This next question, last one, is what are your top five book recommendations? So I'm not going to do five okay. because I feel like um, might take a long time <laughs> and I'm unsure as to what five I've picked just off the top of my head now. Okay, But what, I'm, what I am going to do is give a fantastic piece of advice. I'm actually not going to answer the question at all, <laughs> so sorry about that. Maybe we can talk about books another time specifically, but what I'd like to do is extend an invitation for people if they're looking for a book recommendation because it is a very common question. We want to learn. As human beings, that's natural for us. We seek information. So when we're thinking about transitioning from A to B in life, we think, well, I'll read some books. That might help me. I would genuinely walk into your local bookstore. They're still there. They're still there. You know, your Waterstones or whatever. And I would go to the self-help area or the professional development area and I would use your intuition and I would stand there and ask yourself, quite literally ask yourself, what book am I supposed to pick up? And figure out, like stand there and think, is it, is it that one? And pick one up. Look at the front, look at the back. If it feels right, buy it. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter if it's The Hungry Caterpillar. Like whatever the book what is that you book? think that you, should, that you should pick up. Because no book that I recommend is going to be the right book. The right book is the one that you intuitively find and that you pick up and you read. And that's what I've always done. And it's always meant, always, always, even right now, has always meant that the book that I'm reading is running parallel to my journey in life. It's just a special thing. It's, it's obvious, really. You know, we magnetise things to our circumstance. So if you want to buy a car and you think, oh, I'd love a red car, you start seeing red cars everywhere. But what you think about is what becomes real. So... It's no secret then um, that the books that we read, if we're on that vibe and we're not just doing what other people sort of suggest and tell us to do, if it feels right, then it is right. Now, of course, somebody gives you a book and you think, actually, this feels right. That's cool. 
But what I wouldn't want to do is say to people, hey, go and buy this book, and it was just empty promises. Okay, that's fine. So no recommendations. But what would you say is your favourite book? Um, for, for what? You just, there is only one book left in the earth. What book do you choose? Okay, well, um, I feel like there's probably more to be extracted out of a religious document. Um, and so if you're a religious person, I'm sure that would be your go-to answer. However, I haven't read um, the Bible through. I haven't read anything else, the religious documents. So I just want to pay respect to that. So all I can do is go on what I have done. And the only book that I've actually ever read twice, The Alchemist, by Paolo Coelho. And I would read it again. I would read it again. So that's perhaps, and I would have usually recommended that book, but I prefer the advice of going with your intuition. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Love to have a, a whole book time. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we've got a chest of books out there, and regularly I go in and grab books and give them to people. But um, it's something that I read in uh, Eleven Rings by Phil Jackson was that. Phil Jackson used to give books to, you know, the likes of Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen, all these superstars. And, you know, he says in the book, not many of them actually read the books, but some of them did and would come back thirsty for more recommendations and change, change their lives, change the, their, their mannerisms, their presence, their energy. Whereas others would have the book sit there for years, maybe even, and then eventually read it and go, well, that was me. The Alchemist. When I got to New Zealand, I didn't um, at the start have uh, any. It's the first time in my life I never really had anything. I was still safe. I had a return ticket home. I could have come home. My dad told me I'd have to get money and work or come home. So I started working and on gym floor. The first client I had, a guy called Rajil, shout out to Rajil, um, paid me for ten sessions up front, and he was my first client. Weirdly, was one of the questions, but. Um, in the PT business, the first, the first round of business, entrepreneurship. And Rajil paid me for 10 sessions up, sessions up front, which, which basically paid for my rent for a month and food. Kept me in the game, you know, kept, kept me out in New Zealand for just a bit longer while I got a few more clients. Otherwise my dad said, look, you're not having any more money, you just have to come home, mate. You've got, you got a return ticket. Sorry, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Cool. Um, but Rajil, on my birthday, bought me a book and bought me The Alchemist. And I took it and was like, yeah, cheers, mate. You know, last thing I wanted to be doing was reading the book. You know, in my spare time, I was going out in Auckland City, mate, having a great time, not reading. But at the end of my working holiday out in New Zealand, I thought I'd go and do a month where I got on the bus and just toured the country. I hadn't actually seen it. I'd just been working in Auckland, and it, I'd sort of built a normality to my life. Could have been anywhere in the world. I was just going to the gym, working. So I go for this trip go and explore, go and travel, go and open the mind, connect with people, follow the coincidences, wrote a little bit of a journal, which was a game changer. But as I was leaving, I had my backpack on, you know, my traveler's backpack with the sleeping bag rolled up at the top, clipped into the top of it. I was at my auntie's house, that was my base. And I literally had to leave to get the bus. I was late. I thought I'd better bring a book. Just in case, you know. 
And I quickly like opened the cupboard in my auntie's like spare bedroom where I was like based from at that time. And there's five books. I'd love to know what they were. I know one of them's a Celestine prophecy. I know one of them is that, which I've then gone on to read and, and really connected with. But the one I picked up was The Alchemist from Regil. So I picked it up and I was like, that'll do. And the reason I picked it up was because it was the smallest one. <laughs> it was like the thinnest book. And I was like, fuck that. So I picked it up and I, I literally read it in two days. Um, and it opened me up to so much more vivid thinking and I was gelling with people better and I was making friendships quicker and I was enjoying life more as a result of just immersing myself in the language that Paolo Coelho had shared. It was really quite special. Um, so again, following intuition is why that happened. That's why that happened in just a series of events, you know, consequences and coincidences. I love it. <laughs> cool that's all we got time for so look this has been a bit of a sort of out in the open sharing some thoughts and we talked a little bit about the entrepreneurial journey we talked a little bit about development and how to follow intuition around things that you can uh, use to help you to feel and learn and grow um this has been episode 129 of tommy g talks i'd love to know what you think about it it's been quite a good chat, I think. It's been a sort of different energy. We'd love to know what you think. If you're a regular listener and you've never hit me up on Instagram, then please do. I'd love to know who you are, where you live, what you're about. At Tommy Gentleman. Kendall, thank you so much for joining me today, helping me through with those questions. We've got some guests lined up over the next few podcasts. We're also going to be celebrating a year in business with Tide 55, which is going to be exciting. Hearing from some of our clients, which will be a great, um, great bit of fun there want to take you on the journey with us listener so thanks for being here charlie thanks for being here with the camera if you're watching on the video that's down to that man behind the camera thank you for being here and we will see you again soon bye bye